Wellness Force Radio, episode 23. No one gets fat overnight. It's calorie by calorie, day by day, and then maybe five years later, they wake up and they're 50 pounds heavier, right? It's the same thing with personal development and change, any change, uh, positive or negative. No one becomes the most actualized version of themselves overnight. Welcome back to Wellness Force Radio. I am your host and digital health coach, Josh Trent. Thank you so much for sharing a slice of your day with us here on the podcast. And if you're here for the first time, Wellness Force Radio is where I bring you the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology. These are the thought leaders. They dedicate their lives to empowering others with knowledge and tools that drive real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. Today's show is brought to you by wellnessforce.com, where you'll learn how to change old habits with new technology. Explore wellnessforce.com today to see if digital health coaching is right for you. Now, quick question. Are you using the podcast app on your iPhone right now? Tap the screen where you see the show logo and my face. Go ahead, hit me on the chin. You'll discover all the links and show notes from today's interview pop up easily on the screen. Hit that review link in purple and take just 60 seconds to leave an honest review to be published live on iTunes. I'll go ahead and read your name, read your message out on the air to recognize you. That amazing review allows me to keep the lights on for the show and to keep serving this awesome community by bringing on world-class people who are making a difference and changing lives. Just like today's guest, Clark Danger. Clark is an entrepreneur. He is the host of Paleo Hacks, a number one rated podcast here on iTunes. And Clark is an amazing guy. He's going to share his story, some difficulties and some struggles that he's had to work through and overcome and get really vulnerable about some topics that I think you're really going to like. So let's bring on Clark to the show. Clark Danger, welcome to the show. Josh, my man, it's good to be back. Well, I'm really excited to have you on, man. We have been talking a lot about journaling, mindset, been noticing on your channel that we'll share with the audience, all the different things that you're putting out around cultivating the life that you want. Your tagline is stop settling and start living. So really stoked to have you on. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. I love your energy. Always cool conversations. Well, Clark, tell people a little bit about what you're putting out on Paleo Hacks, and I want to ask you a few questions around your road to that. But let people know what you do with Paleo Hacks right now, and maybe somebody that you've really loved interviewing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Paleo Hacks is a podcast similar to yours on iTunes in the health section. I've been doing it for three years now, I believe. Uh, getting up there with the episodes started as kind of goofy, awkward interviews, me mostly fanboying over these guests that I've been following their blogs and researching and uh, developed into more real conversations with people, uh, more candid approach to it. I, I, I don't really like scripted things as much as I like the radical honesty, vulnerability, all that. And so uh, now we just talk about a lot of health issues, a lot of things around mindset, personal development. If someone has an eating struggle. Why do they have that? It's not just about what you're putting in. It's about the thoughts you're thinking, uh, movement and exercise. And so it, it's great. Have a lot of fun with it. It's just a Paleo X podcast and um, it's every Thursday. I had the really cool opportunity to to speak at Sean's event recently. And I met uh, David who I guess you guys run the show together, right? 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, David runs Paler Hacks, and then I, I produced the show with him. And he had nothing but amazing things to say about you, which is why I'm so excited to have you on to share your journey and your story and really your contribution to health and wellness on the show today. And I want to start by asking you, Clark, has there been somebody that you've interviewed in the past couple of years that has really stuck out as being genuine or somebody that just really hit your chest with some truth? <laughs> You know, when you say genuine, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, and I'll just go with it, is my man Jimmy Moore. He does like the Live in La Vida Low Carb he's show. He's so cool. Yeah. He, dude, he's the most awesome guy in the scene. Like, that guy is from eight in the morning to like eight at night on fire. And he just goes, goes, goes. He does like 10 periscopes a day. Oh, he does? It, it, the guy's all over. He's like social <laughs> media's father. He is, man. So anyway, I, I just got to give a shout out to Jimmy because not only was he on my show and just crushed it and he he's the hardest working man in the business. But before I was on Paleo Hacks, I was um, doing my own podcast and no one no one knew who I was. Not that people really, uh, you know, I'm a household name now or anything, but I, I was absolutely nobody. I was Joe Schmo who was trying to get into this health and wellness field. And he, uh, he, I said, sent him an email with my podcast that I listened to his and then he got me on his show uh the low carb one it's the first show I ever did I was super nervous but uh yeah realest guy in the scene for sure is Jimmy Moore I'm taking a walk down memory lane in 2011 I was on his show and I remember because I had this little studio and I didn't even know what microphone to use and I had these little white <laughs> headphones like really just authentic at that time had no idea about what gear to buy but it's interesting yeah. now because I look at the type of people that you have on your show you know some of the top leaders in health and I'm curious about your road to get there man because I was looking on Seattle Pacific University site so Clark went to Seattle Pacific and he's quoted here on the student story. Clark says, I've always been super into YouTube. I found great teachers through the internet who are doing amazing things through health and wellness. These dudes inspired me to seek out as much info on nutrition, exercise, and wellness as I could, and they sparked my drive to find an exercise science major. What was going on at that time in your life? There's a lot of people who possibly are even in college right now who might be listening or just graduated college and not sure what to do. Walk us through what you were doing in college and how you kind of found paleo hacks. Absolutely, man. Well, that's funny. You do your research, Josh. I, I admire that. That's great. Um, so I, I got into health and fitness in uh, probably when I was 14. And I, I saw the infomercial. Boom. P90X came on two in the morning. Tony Horton was ripping it up. Had to have it. So I ordered it. Rush <laughs> delivery. I think I pirated it, actually, because I couldn't even wait for it to get there. So I got an illegal copy of P90X and started doing it three times a day. Like not even once, not twice, three times, because that's how you get results, right? More is always better. And so I started getting absolutely obsessed. And I joke in other podcasts, my pun here is I got abscessed. And so I, I just wanted the six-pack abs, <laughs> yeah. like every teenager out there, because that's the best part of fitness is, is the abs. And so it, it led me on this um, this quest for how do I get the abs, because the workouts alone weren't doing it. So I started getting into nutrition that way. Well, comes college, um, completely obsessed still, look pretty good, look decent. But then I start obsessing about the nutrition and, and going too far, which I think is a struggle a lot of people go. They, they get into it and then they take it too far and they want, the, they want perfect. How deep did you go? Oh, really far, man. I mean, we're talking eating disorders, orthorexia, body image issues. I can remember mirror checking myself 50, 60 times a day and, and, and grabbing onto these, this little fat in my midsection and, and, and just 
stressing out about it, stressing out how do I lose this? How do I lose this? And I mean, that was 50 times a day, dude. That was a mm. full-time job. Yeah, yeah. And, and it kind of joke lightly about it now because when you, when you get removed from it, it's kind of a ridiculous problem to have and, and you can laugh. But back then, man, it was real. And I think uh, talking to a lot of people now, that's a consistent theme I see with health and wellness. Um, so, so that I, I ended up getting into new, the paleo side of nutrition, the more holistic approach of nutrition. To me, that's the only thing that worked. I, I was done counting calories. I was done eating for only looks. I was done measuring out my portions of broccoli and steamed chicken, you know, and, and being miserable. And I found paleo and, and had lots of energy from it and found a great community through there. And a lot of the ideas that made sense and just wanted to, wanted to share it. And so that's what I do now on the PLX podcast. And it's inspiring too, because you know, a lot of people have been on the show and they've had tremendous things that they've overcome. So thank you so much for sharing about the eating disorder and obsessing 50, 60 mirror checks. I can relate. I mean, I, I, at one point in my life, I was up to almost 280 pounds, 275 pounds. So like people that have been through some type of struggle, whether it's mental, physical, whatever it is, they're the ones that can really solve that quotient for others later on. So really cool to hear that from you. But now I want to ask you an interesting question. When we look at, you know, you're a life coach, you're a mentor, you're a podcast host, but it wasn't just some kind of linear path for you to get there. What was that like actually finding the Paleo Hacks show and becoming this thought leader in the space? No, it wasn't linear at all. I'm sure you know that as better than anyone else out there doing your <laughs> Definitely. thing now. Yeah, so Clark <laughs> Clark had me on his show and really had an amazing interview with me. If you guys want to check it that out, go great. to Paleo yeah. Hacks and just search my name in the bar. He really did a great job on that. One of my favorite shows, Josh, and people should definitely check that out. Um, I was actually listening to that today and I was like, man, this is, this is solid stuff. But uh, I, I guess going back to the path because people are listening right now and maybe they're in a job they don't like or they've had dreams they've never actualized. For me, it was just being in college, being this ambitious young guy, entrepreneur at heart, and not having an outlet for it. I didn't want to create some product that I sold or, or, or do anything like that. And so I was just trying to recreate what I had seen. And what I had seen were those infomercials, man. So this is uh, something I did in college. I created a program through ClickBank. You remember ClickBank, Josh? Absolutely. Yeah, it was this, it's this like online platform and you can launch a product and they do all the payment for you and everything. Sure. And so I made a ClickBank product called Absolute Abs. And uh, it was hilarious. I made my own workout DVDs and walked people through it. And I got this book put together and I, I got this program. I think it might even still be up. It's kind of embarrassing. But um, so I created that and that was my first step in the door in, in the health and wellness thing. And then realized I didn't want to be in fitness. I've uh, got a degree in it, but uh, my passion was really in talking about these lifestyle health ideas. So in order to take a step further on that, I started talking about things that I learned, lessons I've learned, things we'll talk about today on the show that can really impact, influence, and change your life um, taking action on them. And so I started doing that through YouTube. I've always loved video and audio as a, as a medium. Um, and that's what I do to this day, making YouTube videos that have really helped me anywhere from two to 30 minutes. Um, and, and it's been a, it's been a great journey, man. So when we look at this, this line, right. Cause we all, we all know it's not linear. Sometimes it feels like we can be lost. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to me, man, that you have an entrepreneurial DNA. I mean, even though you were, you know, creating things around the fitness space and they didn't work out or whatever it might be, I think you and I've even talked about you possibly launching like an organic pomade line. So there's obviously this spark inside of you and you've created a couple shows. I think this is your third show. There was the dude, where's my health. There was the, what makes a man podcast. 
podcast. So this is not your first rodeo. Right. right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious what you see for the future of paleo hacks. What do you want to start talking about more of on the show? What do you think people need now? That's a great uh, insight. And before I even answer that question, just to touch on those other two podcasts, um, this isn't a linear path. You know, you try a bunch of things, you fail, and then real entrepreneurs are the ones who get up and they're the ones who make something happen. And it's all about how you deal with fa- failure. You never control what happens to you, but you're always in control of your response. Getting up from your failures has been one of the biggest lessons I've learned um, through this entrepreneurship journey. And, and you eventually get to something and you stumble on it and it starts working and, and you go from that. But it's that trial and error in the beginning. And I think my number one challenge, Josh, I, I think task completion has been the biggest challenge for me. And I think it is for all entrepreneurs. Anyone who ever wants to do something, it's it's not one thing. It's 50 things. And they got to choose. Choosing is the hardest thing out there for me personally. So task completion you know, you, you'd kind of drown in opportunity. And that's what I was doing with those previous podcasts. I launched Dude, Where's My Health? And I wanted to talk about health. And then I also wanted to talk about coaching. So I launched Dude, um, What Makes a Man? And I wanted men coaching specifically. So I launched that. And then I, I was doing YouTube videos and social media. And eventually you get to a point of where you're juggling so many things, you don't do any of them well. Mm-hmm. And you spread yourself so thin. So I think task completion, following, choosing a few things and executing on them very well has been one of the biggest lessons I've learned, man. So I, I guess going back to paleo hacks, what I'm trying to do now, man, is put all my energy into that one show, that one thing. And uh, that's my main gig, man. And, and hammering it down, getting killer content, growing it. We got big plans for 2016, um, getting better guests, uh, better interviews for myself, like uh, being more authentic and tuned in. And asking better questions, all that stuff, man. So, so focusing on task completion for entrepreneurs, huge challenge. And, and for me, how I'm doing that is payload. Well, I love where you took that because the same way that you talk about task completion for an entrepreneur, it's the same thing for a mom. It's the same thing for a dad. Same thing for any human being that's trying to juggle their 10 plates they have spinning in the air. So let's transition into what it actually takes to do that task completion. One of the things I know you're really passionate about is journaling. How have you felt that journaling has made that task completion for you more effective? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm huge on journaling. I, I do several videos on it. Um, and uh, one's like 30 minutes long. It's coming up on 40,000 views. Journaling, hands down, has been the number one tool I've used to develop myself as a human being over the past four years. Hands down. More so than meditation. More so than reading books. More so than conversations. I think it's the journaling because it's this overarching premise of doing the work. You hear every time you read a book, there's always those questions they ask in there, right? Um, And they give you exercises and they might even give you those blank lines. How many people actually write in those lines? They stop and do the work. How many people actually stop, answer the question that the author is asking or the speaker is asking? Not many. I mean, I, I didn't do that for the longest time until I got a journal. And so I got a journal and every time now I read one of those, I answer it in the journal and then it keeps a log um, and I can go back and look on it. So doing the work is, is really important. I think journaling gives yourself, gives you a platform of where you're able to, to do that and look back on it and reflect. Do you feel like it's cathartic? I mean, beyond just the setup, because that's important too, 
Um, what about the things that you're afraid of, things that you can have a sounding board for? I mean, one of the things I've known about journaling myself, even though I do it electronically through day one app, is that it's really cathartic for me to put things down that I'm afraid of, to put things down that I'm dealing with, maybe some struggles emotionally or something that I'm trying to work through. I mean, how, how is that manifested in your journaling practice? I think one of the biggest journaling sessions I did probably a year ago. I still go back to it because it still really resonates with me. I just wrote at the top, what scares the shit out of me? And I answered that for 30 minutes. I just, everything I was fearing, fearing of uh, everything extreme as being homeless one day and having nowhere to go and dying on the side of a road uh, to everything as launching a podcast, having it fail to everything of, of getting in a steady nine to five, 40 hour work week job where I go home every day and it's the same thing, same car, same route, same people. Um, uh, what scares the shit out of me about ending up alone and, and, um, one day and, and not having anybody to share life with. I mean, all those things, you put it on paper and then you're able to go through it one by one. Once you distance yourself from it, and it's out of your mind on paper and you can look at it and you can really get an objective viewpoint on your own thoughts and a lot of those things aren't actually true and aren't actually valid, but your mind makes them so and makes them so much worse. But when they're on paper, you can look at it as if someone else brought that to you and you can say, well, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to be homeless on the side of the road because I have the work ethic to always find a job or always make something happen or people to support me or people to go to. I'm not going to be alone because I have X, Y, and Z friends. I have my family that will support me. I'm not going to, uh, all those thoughts, man. And so you're able to tackle them one by one. And it's just a really, really cathartic to use your word way of, of going about it. Let's jump into that setup because as you touched on, putting things down can be healing. It can be empowering. It can have task completion increased, but, but how do you actually set that up for somebody that's never journaled in their life? What would they buy? How would they go about doing that? So I think journaling itself kind of has this dirty word connotation in our society or stigma to it, right? It's, it's, uh, the thing you did in elementary school, you wrote about cute boys or girls, you stuffed it under your mattress and hoped your older brother didn't find it and show all his friends and laugh at you. That's not, that's, that's not what journaling is. Okay. Get that out of your minds. Get, get this out of your mind that it's only for, it's not dear diary. Right. Yes. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> and so, I mean, some of the best minds throughout history have kept a journal, have kept a log. Um, Bill Gates in early 2000s bought eight pages of Leonardo da Vinci's journal for $30.8 million. That's a little Dr. Evil pinky in the corner, million dollars. And so this is valuable. These are insights people have. I mean, some of the greatest minds, you know, we talk about historians, George Washington, or Steve Jobs from you know Apple, like all these people kept journals. And so you need to do this if it resonates with you. And so what I do, Josh, is I go out and get an eight and a half by 11 Canson sketchbook. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at, I think I got it at Fred Meyer for like 10 bucks. Um, I mean, I, I love this thing. It's hardcover. It's got 300 blank pages in there. What the blank pages let you do is kind of let your creativity run wild. You want to write sideways? That's cool. You want to write diagonal? You want to write a giant X? That's cool. Um, and then I divide it up into five or six sections. I would recommend someone doing four to start, 
anywhere up to six. A little over that gets too man- unmanageable. So I'll give you four sections. I'll give you two that I really want. If this is your first time journaling, I want you to do and you want to try this method. You have to do two of these sections. You can choose the other two. My four sections are gratitude is one. Brain dump is two. The best book you ever wrote is three. And then business is four. Well, let's focus on the gratitude piece. There's been a ton of guests that have a daily practice similar to how Elrod's practice of the miracle morning. And in those blocks of, of commitment, there's this key theme of always having gratitude. And I think from the ones you mentioned, the gratitude, the brain dump, the business, et cetera, the gratitude piece is the one that really makes an impact for me. And I'm curious how you set that gratitude piece up. And then also in tandem, what impact that's made for you? I mean, how does practicing gratitude and writing in a journal really move the needle? I got to get back on gratitude, man, because I haven't done that in probably a month now. It's a hard one sometimes, right? I mean, everybody can relate to this. It's hard to be grateful when you're experiencing pain. Yeah, it's it's very hard, man. And so um, that's actually one of the sections I would recommend as being mandatory for people out there. Uh, But gratitude, it's you're right, man. It's floating around out there in personal development, developing the attitude. It's kind of a buzzword right now. Very hot buzzword. I'm sure your audience, if they're familiar with the research, has seen the Stanford study that says we have 60,000 thoughts a day, uh, roughly. And uh, I think it's somewhere as 80% are negative and 90% are the same as the day before. So they call this the automatic negative thoughts or your ANTS, your A-N-T-S. And why this relates to gratitude is because you can see if you have... 60,000 thoughts a day floating around in your head. And most of them are the same as the day before and negative. You got to be really proactive about this stuff and bringing the positivity into your life. So gratitude is the fastest way to do that because it's impossible to have a positive and negative thought in your head at the same time. I mean, try it. It won't work. It's just like being north and south at the same time, east and west, night and day. It just doesn't exist. It's polarities. So going back to Gratitude Journal, how you do it, why it matters, uh, what it is, and this is a mandatory section. Um, We have those 60,000 thoughts a day. Repeat. Gratitude is the way you, you take that back. And so what I do, man, when I do it, right, that's like when I did it like a month ago or something, um, I got really consistent with it. And it would just be something I did once a week in my journal. I would write, what five things am I most grateful for? Five things. That's it. It's not 50. It's not 500. It's just five. That's all. So you write five things you're grateful for. It can be as simple as someone held the door for me today. Man, that made my day. Mm. Or it could be as complex as I'm so thankful that I have paleo hacks and the killer team I have and then go into that with the guests and get really in depth. The key is to feel it. If It's got to resonate with you. It's got to, uh, if you want to go Eastern, let gratitude fill your soul. And so that's what I've been focusing on, man. When I do do the gratitude journal once a week, five things you're grateful for, go into it. Now, when you talk about gratitude and listing it out kind of granularly, what impact is that going to make? I mean, do you feel like when there was a time when you were doing those five blocks and you were just consistent, what was that like? I mean, what impact was it making for you? Did you actually feel chemically or emotionally different? No. So that's the thing. Um, You walk away from that with a bit of a high, but it's really hard to see the results, man. It really is. And I think a lot of these tools that we're talking about today people can get discouraged because they do them and they're like, well, this doesn't work and they stop. Hmm. And it's that instant gratification we want. We want the results immediately. 
No one gets fat overnight. It's calorie by calorie, day by day, and then maybe five years later, they wake up and they're 50 pounds heavier, right? It's the same thing with personal development and change, any change, uh, positive or negative. No one becomes the most actualized version of themselves overnight. You don't read one book. You don't do one gratitude session. Um, you don't, it, it's, it's that consistent practice you need to go through. And so I think with gratitude, man, the more you do it, the more you get out of it. And that's why getting back on it can be really hard because at first you're like, this is stupid. I'm just writing about people who, who open the door for me. This is lame. This is corny. And that's that automatic negative thought loop coming back in and your judgments. And, um, those are the times you really need to be doing the journal the most is when you feel like you have nothing to be grateful for. (laughs) Great point, man. So Clark, we talked so much about journaling, the impact that that makes, but I really want to ask you about the journey piece. And I'm just going to ask you about five questions in two minutes and tell me the first thing that comes up. Ready? Go for it. What is just one event in your life would you say was your biggest lesson? Biggest lesson probably came uh, from traveling in Southeast Asia recently. I was over there. I went to Cambodia, Thailand, and Laos. And I just realized a lot of uh, Western privilege, not even male privilege, white privilege, whatever privilege you want to associate with that, but just Western privilege, the, growing up with technology and what an impact it has uh, globally. And I think for me, this is kind of like a, a cliche thing to say when you come back from a global trip, it really opened your eyes and you saw people differently. Hmm. But I think for me, realizing that we're so similar globally and we have more similarities than we do differences. I mean, I was traveling with people all over the world, Germany, um, Australia, you know, Norway, Switzerland, America. And we all thought the same things were funny. We thought the same crazy people were insane. We liked the same uh, technology. There's so many – we're becoming a global culture now. We really are. So that was one of the biggest lessons I learned is that um, these kind of borders we set up, rather they be – uh, national or international or whatever are really arbitrary. What are key principles that make you healthy and that keep you going forward in your health journey? Half my body weight in ounces of water a day. That's a fundamental, man. What are you like 86% water from the head up, 75 from the neck down? It's amazing. It really is. But how many times do we think about what water we're drinking? You got to get your clean water. I have a really expensive water filtration system uses um, these really compact filters. It's called the the Big Berkey. It's got four of these, I don't know what they are, some mineral filter. Hmm. Um, Sounds takes fancy. Like, yeah, it takes like 99% of the impurities out of water. Um, I think you can pour swamp water in there and it makes it pure. But now they have those, I was just watching Shark Tank and a guy was on there with a water bottle that's the normal size of a water bottle. And he put dirt in his water and he squeezed it in his mouth and it was totally clean because there's a filter in there that, that does the same thing. Mm. So get a clean filter, get your clean water. It's very important. It's like 75% of you. What are the best authors you've read in the past five years? If you could pick three books that have really impacted you and, and made you a better version of you. Great question, Josh. Happiness hypothesis, Jonathan Haidt. Uh, have you read that one? No, sounds like a great title. It's phenomenal, dude. I think, I don't know where I got it recommended. I read it two years ago in December and I've read it every year since front to cover. I I love that thing. It is so marked up, asterisk, underlined. Um, He goes through, I think it's 10 myths or 10 theories on happiness that the East and West 
um, put together and he, he looks at both sides and kind of a modern day approach. So it's phenomenal, science-backed, love his style, hilarious, great book. Second one, I'll go with The Roar of Art. Stephen Pressfield, I'm sure you've, you've read that, Josh, great right? Book. Great book. Yeah. Talks about resistance and this hidden enemy that we all face, uh, which we go up against every day. The best part, my favorite part of that book is when he finally wrote, and I won't ruin it for people, but when he finally finished his project and he, and he did this metaphor of slaying the dragon at his feet. Do you remember that? I do. Best. I think you talked about that on the Paleoax call. So cool. Yeah, because these authors, right, they burn these memories and you can't forget them because they're so powerful. Metaphor, I believe. Yeah. Communicating by metaphor, which you do, is really the mark of intelligence. And not to say, doot, doot, my horn is beeped, but people that can communicate properly with metaphor, like like Stephen Pressfield, they can find a way to reach people. So true, man. A War of Art's great. You can read it in a weekend. It's a short book, really cool chapters. Number three, man, I got to go with Ram Das. still here. Um, he is a great guy. I read it in Southeast Asia. It's not really about science in that book or um, totally revolutionary ideas as much as it is you feel like someone sitting across from you is this wise old man smoking a cigar telling you about life and how we age and why that's okay. The whole book's about being okay with aging, but how society is not, how it's society's last taboo, how women and men spend millions of dollars on plastic surgery to cover up that they're aging, how we wear makeup to cover up that we're aging, how we, you know, uh, get all this stuff to stay young, but why that's actually denying who we are and, and what we're turning into. This this wise old guy telling you about his theories on aging. I got to check that book out, man. Cause I had this visualization when you, when you mentioned the plastic surgery and the different things. I mean, what if in 500 years there's aliens or the next, the next race comes in and, and they find all these corpses with like injected, cupped, molded plastic. Cause you know, I don't know how long silicone lasts, but I think it'll last longer than, <laughs> yeah. than skin. And About they're, they're going to find our bodies yeah. and they're going to be like, what were these people thinking? <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. oh man. Yeah. Okay. Last two questions, Clark. Um, the, the one that really, hits home for me. We've had some guests on the show, John Vroman, different people that have shared vulnerably and openly about themselves. And something that I found in my life through personal development is that vulnerability is not weakness, it's strength. So the more we talk about things that we're working on, that we're going through, the more light we shine on things that we're trying to hide, the less power they have over us. And with that said, is there something that's holding you back right now from something you want to accomplish? Maybe an internal struggle that you're willing to share with the audience so they can relate to you? I, I love that question, Josh. I think it's great. Um, I actually might steal it from my show if I can find a way to work it in. So I think for me, I've always been burn the candle at both ends and go, go, go. And re rest and recovery has been really hard for me. I've had that entrepreneurial fire and it just burns heavy and it, it exhausts you. So I think for me, my kind of unwind time, I would always need a reward, need a, need a reason to unwind, need a change of state. And the way I got that was through drinking. And so I think, man, um, over the past year, really, I've had an on and off drinking, not, I wouldn't say addiction, but crutch to unwind. That would be how I unwind, either you know, glasses of wine at the end of the day or uh, watching uh, Sons of Anarchy or Shark Tank with a couple of beers cracked open. So I think that has been a huge area um, I haven't really shared with, with people. And it's almost this uh, going on vulnerability and what you're touching on and why it's so important to share. It's almost because the 
more you hide it, the more guilty you feel and the more you feel like it's this isolating place you're in alone. But everyone really has their own struggles that they're working through. I think it was Mr. Rogers who said, um, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. No, he said, uh, quite, <laughs> quite frankly, there's no one you cannot learn to love once you know their story. And I think that's really powerful because mm. if you really know the backstory between every person out there, you would see them as not just someone walking by you on the street or an asshole cutting you off in traffic or um, someone you're hearing talk on a podcast, but you get that backstory and you see who they are, a uh, little insight and stuff. So more mm. power to you for asking that. Yeah. And, and more power to you for sharing. I mean, I, I think it's really amazing with some of the work that I've done and the more and more that I lean into the edge of mindset on the show, because tools are great. Wellness technology is great. Paleo nutrition is great. These are all super powerful tools, but the tool doesn't do anything without the proper intention behind it. And I think a lot of times, maybe something that I've experienced and, and trainers or wellness professionals or fitness professionals that are listening can relate to is that when you're you're always shining light on other people, the dark parts of yourself that you don't want to see can always be hidden. So if you're yeah. always facing out, if you're always serving other people, if you're always helping other people, it doesn't leave enough balance and room for you to actually help yourself. So I just want to honor and appreciate the fact that you shared that because you're accomplishing amazing things, uh, paleo hacks, the things that you're doing with your products, your entrepreneurial ventures. So talking about whatever it is, that's something you're going through is actually powerful. And I know it seems counterintuitive for people that are listening. Like, I don't want to talk, right. about, I don't want to talk about my stuff. I don't want to talk about my issues, but as, as you touched on, right? Like it takes the power out of it. So uh, you brought up a point about being within this space. And, um, I think that's something I also struggle with is being someone who talks about these ideas, talks about paleo nutrition, talks about health and wellness, and then feeling that cognitive dissonance when I crack open a beer at night after I just got done talking about gluten intolerance in a podcast. You know what I mean? Or like there's almost this um, obligation to be perfect when you're talking about this stuff to other people. Like when we have this conversation about journaling, why it matters and gratitude, and then I put off the gratitude journal for a month, I feel double guilty because not only did I not do the gratitude, but I talked about it, how great it is, and I'm still not doing it. So I think that's that's something I struggle with is being easier on myself and and not beating myself up every single time I, I want a Snickers bar or want some sort of non-paleo food or, or, or want to go off because that's so unhealthy to hold yourself to that standard just because you talk about it. Absolutely. Um, it's easy for people to fall into. And, and I think before we ask the final question, I want to touch on just one point that you're mentioning is that perfection is actually a disease, I feel like. When people try to be perfect, they actually sacrifice progress. Because you can't move forward if you're always worried about being perfect moving forward. When you do the journaling practice, when you have a nutrition practice, when you're trying to be the best version of yourself you can be, there's of course going to be pitfalls. There's of course going to be moments where you're feeling that cognitive dissonance. But the fact is, and I think you lead by example, is that you constantly move forward. I think Mark Cuban said, perfect is the enemy of profitability. And I think when in talking business, the man knows his stuff. He's worth $2.5 billion. And so he's talking about getting out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. You go forward. And that's what we're talking about with health, with relationships, with life, with uh, business, any of that, is that perfect is the enemy of profitability. And, and your profits might look different than just money. It might look like um, overall health and wellness or happiness. Or can you get up in the morning? 
if you're trying to be perfect, your profitability is going to suffer. Love it, Clark. Last question. What is your definition of wellness? What does wellness mean to you? It means integrity. It means who you are on the outside matches who you are on the inside. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because we're talking about perfection and I think we're all imperfect and, and we're not trying to be perfect. So we shouldn't try to strive for a perfect wellness. Um, so for me, wellness is all about integrity. It's about uh, so much more than what you eat and what you exercise. It's about um, the way you live your life and being in integrity with what you believe. What hit me on that was you had mentioned earlier, there's 60,000 thoughts per day, this kind of spiraling bias of negativity. If we can focus on what you just said, I think that will be thought 59,999. That one thought will take away the rest of it. Um, Well, I want to let people know where they can find you, what projects you're working on. So first, just give people the address for your website and your show so they can learn more about you there. Cool. So if you're listening to podcasts, the best place to find us, uh, Paleo Hacks podcast is great. Where I would start is going to my man, Josh Trent's show, hear us rant it up, talk about life. You get to hear a lot more of Josh, his story, his development. Um, that's a really cool, great episode I would do for sure. Um, YouTube channel, just search Clark Danger. Um, my last name's Kegley, but we go by Danger on online. We're sticking with it. So just search that on YouTube. Clark Danger Fitness, I think, is where we post all the videos. But yeah, man, podcasting's great. Palex Podcast. Shoot me an email at clarkdanger at live.com or clark at paleoaxe.com, whatever one. Um, love responding and interacting for sure, man. Now, what about this line of product? Because we had talked about your entrepreneurial fire. Um, What are you going to do with the products? Because I know you want to serve people through some different hair care products, which, by the way, you guys got to check out Clark's hair. The dude's on point. He looks like a young version of Don Draper. (laughs) Oh, man, that's hilarious. Yeah, people have just been listening to 40 minutes of like personal development, wellness, health, and then we just pull out a left field. We're doing hair products. Uh, But yeah, man, hey. You get back up. Entrepreneurship's all about that. So what I've done over the past really six months is taken my love and passion of men's hair products and developed my own. Um, Developed three, actually. We're in the last stages of testing, R&D, all that stuff. So we're going to launch Kegley & Co. I say we because my brother and I, Kegley's, um, here. and, And you can keep up to date on that. I'm sure I'll be posting everywhere about it. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm launching three products. Um, really stoked. It's been a huge learning curve. But Josh, uh, to pull a lesson out of that, I guess, I know we have to go, but here I am starting this whole other thing I really don't have experience in, which is creating hair products. But I'm taking everything I learned in podcasting, in business entrepreneurship, and personal development, and discipline, and it's paid off so much in what I'm doing now. So for those of you listening who want to start something you have no experience in, I'd say go for it because everything you did up until this point is going to accumulate and give you the experience to start whatever it is you want to do. It all, it all adds up. It all pays off. It all keeps compounding. And on that, you can drop the mic. Everybody check out Clark. He is a life coach, mentor, and podcast host. Uh, Find him on YouTube. Find him on iTunes. Really genuine guy. I've known Clark for over a year now, and I can't say anything more than the guy is just heart-centered, focused, and really is making a contribution to the health and wellness space and also to the motivational space and the self-development space. So Clark, thanks so much for coming on the show. Dude, I appreciate you so much, Josh. Um, 
Any anytime, dude. You're welcome back on my show anytime. It's always one of my favorite conversations to have. Thanks for listening to the show. Head on over to wellnessforce.com slash radio for all the links, show notes, and bonus content. If you're interested in changing old habits with new technology, download your free digital health transformation guide at wellnessforce.com slash radio.